Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Johnny, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually a huge, huge fan of your podcast (laughs) as of recently, a few weeks ago, I started listening. So thank you so much. I'm super honored to be on here. I'm super excited to have you. This topic, we this is one of those interviews where I had to be like, hey, we got to press record because we're going to like, we're going to get into it and not have recorded it. Uh, yeah, we just started diving right in I there. I love right? it. So your book actually comes out the week before mine does. So cheers. Oh, um, yeah. Ignited a fresh approach to getting and staying on fire for God. Tell us about that. Yes. So ignited, obviously, you know, means to catch fire and to be honest, as a generation who just has so much available to them, like more than we have ever had before, being on fire for God consistently, not just sometimes, I think should be the norm. And I really wanted to redefine that term on fire because for a while I even got it wrong. And I knew that God was calling me and my friends to just so much more than being, you know, emotionally charged up for him from time to time and more than lukewarm most of the time. I knew that like his word said, he wanted us to go from glory to glory to glory to heaven. And I wanted to figure out how to do that because (laughs) my relationship with the Lord looked like glory sometimes then plateau for like six months and then glory again and then plateau for six months. And it was really difficult. Um, And I went to a Christian college and we had three times a week, we had chapel and everything was always so exciting. But then I graduated. And I was working with all these secular people, which again, that's normal life, right? And I was like, wait, am I even saved to begin with? Because I didn't have all of these external, you know, circumstances firing me up in the day to day. So again, I really had to just redefine what it meant to be on fire and, you know, checking my DMs as well. This was totally not an isolated feeling. So many people were feeling this way. Like they'd go to passion, like, and then they'd all message me on Instagram and they were like, I came home and my life was going to change and nothing has changed. Mm. Like four days later, I am living my life the same way as before. And I don't know if it was real. I don't know. And it's just, we're confusing what it means to really be on fire with just cheap emotional highs. Mm. I think just because it was such a pain point in my life and then other people started messaging me about it. That's kind of how it came to be staying or getting and staying on fire for God. I just think that's super important right now. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think this resonates because if you went back and looked through my journals from those years, especially like the early years after becoming a believer in my early 20s, it was pretty identical to what you're saying, where it was on fire, on fire, on fire, and then blank for weeks or however long at a time. Like what changed that for you though? Like if that was what you were used to, like the whole glory and then plateau and this kind of lukewarm faith, 
what snapped you back into shape with the Lord? I think it's expectations. I think it's, or seeing those things, spiritual disciplines as get to instead of have to. Mm. I think I was still very much living under like the presence of the law and a checklist that I was never going to keep up with. I was never going to read four chapters of the Bible every day and journal about them ad nauseum and only listen to worship music. And you know what I mean? Like I had kids really young and then that was unsustainable. And because my quote unquote, like relationship with the Lord at the time was was a checklist instead of a relationship. When I realized that I could carry him was carrying him with me through the day, every day. And he was there and present and available no matter what. Well, then like I wanted to read my Bible. I didn't have to. And that became so much more sustainable. And I stopped like drowning in shame the days that there were days that it wasn't realistic. Yeah. And I'd put myself in a penalty box big time. Yes, I'd come home from, you know, that conference or just a really hype church sermon. Right. And I'd come home and I'd, I'd want to, you know, live this kind of life or I'd see a really cool, you know, reel on Instagram or TikTok, right. Where it's like, holy girl summer and they're waking up at 5 a.m. and they're reading their word. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do that every day for the next 21 days to make it a habit. And then I try it and I fail and I'm like, okay, penalty box I go, which for me, where it was like, I'm not going to read my word. I'm not going to talk to God because I'm just in so much shame. And so I'll just wait until he forgets about that. And then I'll try and start it over like sometime in the future. Yeah. And so again, not sustainable at all. And again, it makes people question their salvation in the end. And that just kills the heart of God. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about like the things like passion conference or going to these retreats, like those are good things. And, you know, they have so much ability to draw you towards wisdom and you can learn and there's nothing wrong with the way that those events make you feel. But I think the issue comes in when we're not teaching people to do those things on their own. Right. And when it's like reliant on, like your faith should never be reliant on anybody but Christ. Amen, girlfriend. Not on a conference, not on a person, not on an influencer, not, I mean, I would even venture to say not on a devotional, like it's you and God and his word. And the, the rest is bonus. And when we think about, you know, the early church, all they had was fellowship in the Bible. Right. And so right. that was, and that was when the church was the actual church and how God intended it for it to be. And now we have all of this extra fluff, which again is not bad, but we have all of these devotionals and commentaries and all of this stuff. And sometimes it just gets in the way of mm-hmm. the simplicity of the gospel and just understanding it and living it out. And, you know, it can just, it can just cloud us, but I agree those conferences and that stuff is not bad. I encourage people to go to that stuff all the time. Like I didn't get saved at a Joel Osteen conference, but I went to one and totally planted a seed. So obviously like they didn't really discuss the gospel, but they did talk about God and positivity and all that stuff. And obviously that's completely different than what we're talking about now, but I'm just saying that stuff, you know, God can use anything. Yes. Um, It's just when we rely on those things or get stuck there and we don't graduate to getting like, you know, from milk to actual meat of scripture. That's where we actually have a, a, a bit of a problem. Yeah. I mean, that's actually something I've talked about on my Instagram before. Like 
you know, people talk so much smack about Joel Osteen and Stephen Furtick and all of these people. And like, are those the people that I necessarily want people to be learning from exclusively? I mean, (laughs) you know, but like you said, God can use anything. And I I went through a big time phase where I just like smacked those people down. Like I, I went into something called like the cage stage where it was like, I was kind of just crazy and just way too on the other side of it. Um, where I was like, no, you can't listen to them. It's all heresy. But I'm at this point now where I'm like, you know what? I love the Lord and he can use whatever as long as we're not staying there, right? Yes. So if we're able to go to a Joel Osteen conference and have a seed planted, which again, I don't, it's not like I'm I'm a fan of, you know, all of that stuff. I'm just saying God can use anything. It's just moving on from that and graduating to the meat of scripture and not just fully relying on those external circumstances. Amen. I love that you made that point because it, it it's like, I'm never going to recommend <laughs> no, that content. No. Me but, either. Me either. But if it's a stepping stone to getting you to the foot of the cross. Right. And I've been, I did the cage phase too. I think we all do. And it comes <laughs> from a good place. You're like, no, like come and see that he, like the goodness and the fullness. And that's not right. it. I think it's a shifting of perspective into, no, it's, it's not where I want you to stay, but all right. Like if that's what gets you yeah, here, people where they're at, yeah, right. Exactly. And being able to have empathy. Cause there was a big stage in my life where I didn't have any of that. And I just wanted people to be saved and saved and turned from their sin. And that was it. But now it's like, okay, I went through this too. I was super on fire and, or as I thought, quote unquote, super on fire. It was really a big emotional high. Right. And now I'm able to uh, look back at that and and try to, because then it faded. And I want to look back at that and and just help, help others where, and again, girl, I'm learning too. There are some where I'm like, wait a minute, like, is this how it's supposed to be? So it is a process for sure. Oh, absolutely. So speaking of that process outside of kind of the milk to meat part of the conversation, how do we avoid becoming lukewarm? Because I think everybody's been in that position where they're like, oh, hmm, I've kind of kind of slid off here a little bit. Yeah, I think as an Enneagram four, right? I'm all about my feelings. Oh, all my daughter's time. a four. <laughs> Is she really? Yeah. Wait, I thought she was seven. Can you do the Enneagram at seven? She is. Yeah, you can do it at six, I think. Oh, I love that. Yeah, she That's is so a cool. full blown four. I love it. That's so awesome. Yeah, I, I'm. Is that the one who asked you for a hug? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. That's awesome. Right before we started recording, her daughter asked her for a hug. It was so cute. Yes. But basically, I'm an Enneagram four. I'm all about my feelings all the time. And it's just, honestly, someone from this generation, I'm in need of that instant gratification Mm -hmm. all of the time and feeling like my emotions totally line up with God, but some days look different. And I had to learn how to redefine that sustaining faith and sustaining fire. And, you know, a fire for God is not an emotional high. It's not Mm -hmm. jumping up and down. It's not going overseas on a missions trip. A fire for God is obedience to him in like the every day and choosing him even when our emotions don't line up. And that's so hard for me because I'm, again, all about my feelings all of the time, but feelings come and go, right? And I just, I, I believe now just from reading the word and reading all these commentaries, a fire for God doesn't have to. We can keep him first regardless of how we feel and our emotions will eventually follow. Mm-hmm. They're going to up and down all the time. 
but we can have consistency with him in the everyday, no matter what we're feeling. And to be honest, I, I really think it comes down to consistency, which again, as an Enneagram four, I'm so bad at, (laughs) but I think like, as an any, like looking at the Enneagram, right. That's not the end all be all, but it's able to show you your weaknesses. Right. Right. So I'm able to kind of put that in light of the cross and be like, all right, Lord, I'm not going to just say, Ooh, that's just how I am. It's like, all right, Lord, this is how I'm made. Now, how do I fix this? And how do I get closer to you through it? So I've just been learning so much in this season about consistency and being able to read the word and being able to pray, being able to fellowship with others, even when I don't want to. (laughs) And (laughs) I, I don't know if you feel like that too, because when I act in obedience, I just feel like, and the more I do things, the more I crave to do those things. Yeah. And incorporating, uh, incorporating Jesus in the everyday, I think is huge too. Mm. Like when I'm doing my makeup in the morning, I always used to just watch Shark Tank. Like I was obsessed with that show, but now I like watch sermon jams and in the car while I'm driving, I listen to, you know, I used to listen to the mainstream TikTok trendy music. And now I'm all about Jesus hype music. And like, I understand that sometimes it's not sustainable to like be obsessed with Jesus every minute of every day. I get it because then I would like put myself in a penalty box when I when I wouldn't be obsessed with him, but I think just incorporating him in the everyday, because if I don't have time to sit down and read four chapters of my Bible, like you said, you know, he's incorporated in other ways. Yeah. And going back to saying that he can use anything. Like I shared on my Instagram stories the other day, I was on the treadmill and defying gravity from wicked came on and I ended up like sobbing, which I'm an Enneagram eight. So I am your total opposite. Oh my word. And I'm (laughs) the challenger, right? Yeah. I am sobbing on the treadmill, like hearing, like literally hearing the Lord through this song. So it really does go back to like that. He can use anything, but at the same time, I'm right there with you. Like when I'm spending my free, it's, it's how we're using our time. It's how we're sowing in the spirit is with our actions and with our time. And if that's, you know, yes, God is in everything and with us always and always available and always present. But if you're never like accessing that, right, it is going to be very difficult to stay quote unquote, like on fire, glory to glory, because the secular world and its messages are really loud and really powerful. And they're, the enemy is doing whatever he can to get those in front of what the father has for us. Oh, yes. And again, when I left my Christian small college where I'd walk out of my dorm room and people were praying in the hallways to being a first time wife and working for all of these secular people, the enemy just used that like crazy. And again, I was questioning my salvation in the first place. Like, hey, was all of these five years even real? Yeah. Was I really following God? Because right now I feel nothing. And right now, I don't even know how to sustain that. Yeah. And as someone who runs off of feelings, which we all do to some capacity, my husband talks about that a lot too, that like he got saved, you know, rode the high and then had to go kind of like go back to real life, go back to living with roommates that didn't love Jesus, go back to a job that was, he worked in the restaurant business, which is very dark a lot of the time. Yeah. And he he he'll say that he was like, was I ever saved? Was this even real? You know, and it's this balance between 
knowing that God can use everything and anything, but putting yourself in a position to like succeed, right? Again, I really think it's getting back to that simplicity of the gospel. So like we're sinners, we committed the ultimate crime. We should be put to death. And a man named Jesus came and died in our place, you know, not because we're worthy, but because he is. And I feel like that's something we should never get used to. And people always think that the gospel is just for unbelievers, Mm. but to be honest, believers need it way more like, or just the same amount. And I have to preach that gospel to myself daily because, and sometimes I read that Bible and like, you know, like I'll be reading Lamentations. It's like, I'm chewing on straw sometimes, like just being real, right? Like, it's like, oh my word, but my advice to like people that just want to grow in the Lord and like see that fire for him consistently is to read that word until it penetrates our heart and to like understand the gospel until our eyes are truly open to like the craziness of what Jesus did Mm -hmm. stepping out of eternity into time. And when I reflect on that gospel, like that, just the simplicity of the fact that he died for me, that's where I'm like, I get so hyped all over again. And that's when I really just want to follow him back down to the basics, just reading my word consistently and and praying daily and fellowshipping with believers. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Yeah. And I think, I don't think that this is an exclusively American, maybe or Western. I think it's a worldwide issue, but being somebody who lives in America, I can say, I think a lot, a lot of the issue with Americanized Christianity is that we've lost our wonder that we've, we've lost sight of exactly what you just said, that he left eternity to enter time, to live a life, die the worst death available at the time, defeat death. (laughs) also that we could be in relationship with God. Like that's insane. American Christianity is really scary, but it's also really, um, we have so much access to so many Mm -hmm. things and we are probably the, the people that are not going to be, you know, the ones that are mostly getting into heaven. We put Jesus on top of our, you know, ice cream Sundays (sighs) But it's it's Jesus plus, you know, mm-hmm. blank equals everything. It's not just Jesus equals everything. And to be honest, I'm wrapped up in that. I, I I am. I focus so much on my career and hitting a next milestone in my career and buying the perfect home and having that American dream and, you know, finding a place where I could fellowship on Sundays. But it's so much more than that. Like, it needs to be so much more than that. But it's so easy to just be swept up in this lukewarmness. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's having that awareness. So we don't fall into that. So what are some of the things that you've put in place in your life, rhythms and disciplines to help you stay away from that? So I think consistency in my word, 
And then also the other side of that is having a set of believers that I can text and exchange verses with and ask for prayer with. So like, again, the Bible back in the day, all the disciples needed was the Bible and fellowship. And when COVID happened, I don't know about you, girl, but it was like the worst time of my walk with God because Jesus sent people out in pairs, right? Mm -hmm. So when when one failed, the other one would succeed and help the other up and all of that. And I just felt so isolated from everybody just because everything was shut down and we had to watch online and we lived with somebody kind of elderly and we couldn't get them sick. And so it was so difficult not to have that fellowship and being able to have that now, even, even though there's tons of intentionality that comes with that, which is super hard. And I'm trying to figure out how to adult and everything, but really, (laughs) really the, the biggest things on how to keep that fire consistent for God is consistency in the word and in fellowship. And it's again, getting back to those basics that the disciples had right when Jesus left and he left the Holy Spirit with them. What did they have to create this incredible, awesome, Holy Spirit filled church? It was just fellowship in the Bible. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. God's word. And so as I studied this for the book I was writing, I, I kept on thinking, okay, maybe we need, you know, commentaries every day and sermon jams every day. And maybe we need this. Like, honestly, the only thing we need is our church family and the word of God. That's it. Just understanding what the word says, that simplicity of the gospel and being able to, you know, talk about that with believers. Cause I don't know about you, but I grow in my faith so much more when we have fellowship like oh. me and you like this right now. Like if I can go and have like a one-on-one talk with just a person that loves Jesus, I feel like something shift in my spirit, yeah. even if it's like a one-on-one thing. So, I mean, God just uses that, I think, so much. Oh, I completely agree. See, it's kind of, it's funny, but not funny. My quote COVID experience was so different than everybody's because my family essentially decided to like COVID together. And we're like most of my immediate family are like really solid believers so we, I mean, we broke the rules, honestly, but sure. I mean, in the end, whatever, like we yeah. have such a mental health crisis now that I think it was worth it. Oh, I hear you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it was really interesting in the sense of it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like this is what you and I are doing right now is church right? and being with our family and like playing dominoes. That's like that's church. You know what I mean? And so I think I love what not you, overcomplicating exactly. it all. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do too. Yeah. Like, I love that you keep saying the word simplicity, because I think that's another thing that we like have Americanized faith to be this laundry list. And the reality is, is that the early church and every example we have was the Bible and people. And if that included worship music, great. If it didn't great, like it's just fear of the Lord. It's wonder and awe and who he is. So funny. Cause I say this stuff, right. But subconsciously I'll, I'll go like church hopping, like seeing like, Oh, what we're going to Charlotte, we're moving to Charlotte. And so we'll go there and we're church hopping and we're like, eh, the worship was okay. And like, mm-hmm. that's just like my automatic thought. Yeah. And of course it's like, you know, it's, it's, we're human and like our flesh yeah. wants certain things. That's fine. But it's like, what is it? What actually matters? Like what actually matters? And in, again, in American Christianity, we have all of these expectations and we go to church to be served and not to serve. And like, I'm even convicting myself just talking about that. Cause I'm not saying I have it all together at all. 
I'm a crappy Christian, like your thing <laughs> says, right? Like I am, but that's why Jesus came. And that's why I'm on fire because I'm so aware that I, to be honest, the only good thing in me is the Lord. Mm. And he has to keep me on a super short leash because again, I cannot do any of it on my own. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the beauty of the gospel is that it is, I always say like, it's simple and complex. It's exclusive and inclusive. Like it's, it's everything. And I think if we spent more of our time, not only in it, but in awe of it, Mm. I think it would simplify things for us. I look back to those, you know, those early twenties of my life after I became a believer and I can just see how much I was complicating it. I was making my relationship with the Lord. Like I said before, a checklist, things I had to do. If I had forgotten to pray that morning, I was going to like, I love what you said about putting yourself in a penalty box while I better not talk to him the rest of the day. And I needed to like be going to a Bible study really actively and all of these kinds of things, instead of doing those things out of Mm. a place of like being secure in who I was in Christ or who I am in Christ and the the finished work of the cross. Well, then like, I want to spend time with other believers and I want to read the Bible because that's how you know God better. Does that make sense? Like when it, it really was this shift from have to, to get to, I think for me and just simplifying it. And also I think there's a sense of like, God is okay with your human capacity. When my kid, I had kids pretty, I got married pretty young, had kids pretty young and was essentially drowning, honestly. And there was a time where it was so stressful to get out of the door to go to mom's Bible study. It was, do I, you know, do I have all of the stuff? We're going to miss a nap. My kids always got sick after we went. And so I honestly, like I stopped going after a little while and started just like spending time with my best friend who had kids the same age. And we would let our, you know, like we would let our kids all play on the floor and we would have really intentional conversations over coffee and then be able to get our kids home for naps one time. Like it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter of what you think it's supposed to look like. Definitely not. Seasons look so different. Right. Um, I had to learn that the hard way because I thought everything had to look the same as, you know, when I first got saved, I got saved August 31st, 2012, when I was 16. And again, it was just hype event after hype event. I went to all of these conferences. I went to all of these concerts. And even the church that I was going to was just crazy hype. And then I went right to that Christian college with three chapel services a week. Mm -hmm. And every single time you would start class, the professor would pray and all of that. Yeah. And then I graduated and I was thrown into the real life. Like what you just said about, you know, having kids, I don't have kids yet. I have one baby on the way, but like all of this stuff was changing. I was a wife and I was working and it's like, okay, my relationship with God looks so different. So does that mean I'm saved? And mm. all of these DMS that I was getting to or, or am getting still is like, I question my salvation because my life looks different. But the Lord, you know, he stays consistent and he has crazy amounts of empathy and like knows our humanness and knows how frail we are and knows that different seasons are going to look super different. But our fire for God doesn't have to sway in the midst of that. Like it doesn't have to look like 
the way that we think it's going to look when we're 16 or 20 years old, it can look different, but we can still be obedient to God in those times. It doesn't have to be again, like traveling with YWAM or mm-hmm. any, any of those things. Those things are good. Yeah. Even writing a book, right? Like it, those things are good, but that does not mean you're on fire for the Lord. It doesn't mean squat right. to be honest. Right. Like we just have to be consistent with God in every season, even though it can be hard sometimes that's for sure. Well, and I think you hit on something really important that God doesn't change our seasons do, but he doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. I've actually posted on my stories this morning. Like I was still in bed and I was like, I am tired, but God isn't like, because, you know, and that I, I posted the verse. Girl, from- I need to write that on my mirror because <laughs> that is my like anthem through pregnancy right now. So I haven't been sick at all but I am exhausted oh, yeah. all the time. And it's so weird because I read my own book where it talks about being consistent and all that stuff. And totally like, of course, but God can meet us in our humanness. Yes, And he is not tired even when we are, and we're allowed to be human. And it is okay to be a crappy Christian because <laughs> if we weren't, that is why it, it wouldn't make any sense why Jesus came if we weren't, right? right. Um, and again, that's not to say like, you know, should we sin? So grace should abound more like Paul says, of course not. But there comes a time where we can't hide our humanness and we can't hide our frailness to God. And he welcomes that. Right. Because he, you know, I love that he says that, should I continue sinning so that grace bounds? But he he also says like, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. So like one of my favorite things to tell, and look, let me just tell you this as a about to be new mom. One the best thing I discovered was that the the Bible app, like the just straight up Bible app, will read chapters of scripture to you. You just oh, that's good. Hit play. <laughs> if that's what your time in the word looks like, God yeah. is fine with that. Like right. he is okay. Like he knows you're tired. He right. knows that you are stretched thin. Like he meets you in that season, but he's not tired. He doesn't change even when your seasons or your feelings or your energy levels do. And so I think it's just this fine line between like, yes, there's, it's so important to be consistent, be in the word, but like, also there's grace. Oh, so much grace. And for so long, like, I think that God is like, or was calling me to like this crazy, extraordinary life where I see people like Sadie Robertson, who's awesome, but she's doing all this amazing, all these amazing things. And I'm like, what an extraordinary life. But, you know, I feel like God calls his people to an ordinary life. And that's not to say anything that they do is bad. I think it's amazing how they reach people. God is using them, but God is calling us to an ordinary life. And in that ordinary life, that takes incredible restraint to live that ordinary life Mm -hmm. where you're listening to the word on the Bible app or you're, you're just consistent in the everyday and you don't feel all of this pressure to do all of these crazy things for the Lord, which obviously again, not bad. It's all really good, but just being able to allow yourself to be human and God's extraordinariness. I don't even know if that's word, but basically (laughs) will give meaning to our ordinariness. Right. Right. So like just having this conversation right now, I just want to like run around my house (laughs) because the Lord is just so good. And like for so long, you just, you get so boggled down with just like life, right? Like your kids, my work, like just everything. And just having, being able to like listen to a podcast like this or 
being able to just fellowship with a believer like this and just talk to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, people, you know, you're not alone in how you're feeling. Oh, yeah. And it's just awesome. It is. Well, and I think another important thing is like, let Sadie Robertson be Sadie Robertson and like, mm. let Johnny Parsons be Johnny Parsons. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. there's one body, but it has many parts and all of its yeah. parts make up one body. And I'm never going to say never because God, I think God thinks nevers are really funny, but I, <laughs> I don't want to be Sadie Robertson. I don't want right. to be traveling. I don't want to be on stage. I don't, I don't, I don't want to write a ton of books. I actually really want an ordinary life and God keeps kind of changing that trajectory. But to be honest, it's always when you don't want something right now. There's so many people that I talk to now that are like, you know, I don't want to go to college. I just want to be a Christian influencer. And I'm just like, that's awesome. But like, sometimes God is just calling us to love the Lord Mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's really nothing else. Love the Lord, love your neighbor. And that's really what it comes down to. So, and I, I struggled with that for a bit, like back in college, I was just like, oh, I have to be seen. I have Mm -hmm, to be known. mm -hmm. But to be honest, when I wrote this book, the most challenging part of like this whole message was making sure it had nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. and everything to do with Jesus. And like my husband, he's, he's like an Enneagram three. And like, he's like just a perfectionist with stuff. And so every chapter I would just make him read and be like, does it point to me or does it point to Jesus? Yeah. And so like, I sat in my room for hours each week with like multiple commentaries, like around me, making sure everything was biblical. And even like, I had a choice to like put myself on the cover of the book. And I'm just like, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, yeah. I just know my own weaknesses. Right. And I'm just like, I want nothing to do with that. I want people to put the book down and say, you know, I don't want them to say, oh, this girl is really cool. I should follow her. Mm -hmm. I want them to put it down and say, Jesus is awesome. And I need to follow him. Amen. Yeah. And that's, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Like trying to write these books. I'm sure you went through the same thing. I did. Well, like, and for me, like with my publisher, it was, I would write these chapters and they'd be like, you didn't mention yourself once. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to. And they'd like, they made me go back and inject, you know, my own stories, which is good. That's why, like, that's why these books are interesting because we want to like, right, exactly. We want to relate to somebody else's story, right? But it's, it's interesting writing these books and wanting them to point to Jesus, but understanding that God uses us in our stories as a vessel for that. Like listening to you tell your story about going from hype to hype to, Oh, dang it. Am I actually saved? Like that resonates with people. And that helps people see that helps people feel seen and known and, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, wait, like God does actually have something for me in this. And so I've been kind of having this conversation very mildly on my Instagram lately that like being a Christian and having a platform is just the weirdest. Like, it's so weird. It's so weird because I always, I, to be honest, I really struggle with it because I'm like, would Jesus have had an Instagram? Like it's right. the way to reach people now, right? It's, it is the way to reach people, but if you're not sharing like your face and if you're not sharing like you, you're not going to get as much engagement. And so there is a strategy that goes behind it. And it's like, it's always, it feels weird. And I'm in that season right now. It's like, I have to promote this book right. and it's just weird. Like I, I am struggling with it. I don't know the answers to it, but you know, posting about myself that gets, you know, the most engagement or yep. something with my face in it, as I'm sure, you know, but it's like, I don't want it all to be on me. I want it all to be on Jesus. And I think it's really just 
I think the enemy can use social media so much, obviously, like so much. And if we're consistently in our word and consistently trying to to obey God more than we're trying to obey man, I think that God could use it in crazy ways. Like I've met some of my best friends ever that are flying um, states to come to my baby shower yeah. from Instagram. Same. And, you know, I, I've been able to fellowship with like these amazing people and get these awesome like Christian clients for my marketing company through Instagram. And so like the Lord has used it and he'll continue to use it. But there is a time where we're like, you know, where we should reflect and be like, okay, are we, you know, honoring God with our platforms? Are we honoring God with the book that we wrote? Yeah. Is it all pointing to us or to Jesus? Yeah, I completely agree. This is what my husband always tells me when I get a little like, ah, would like exactly what you said. Would Jesus have an Instagram? <laughs> like Jeremy, yeah. my husband, Jeremy is always like the fact that you're willing to answer that or ask that question, mm -hmm. I think means a lot. The fact that you're worried about it becoming all about you. And I think that that applies in like, it's not, it's not just Instagram exclusive. I think if you are walking through life, wanting to honor God, and you're asking the hard questions about who's getting the glory, you're kind of ahead of the curve. Right. Honestly, like, and that, that make, that gives my soul rest when I'm like, okay, the fact that I am worried that I am aware that I have accountability in my life, that if I look, if I ever got too big for my britches, there's about <laughs> five people I can think of that. I'll really back in girl. I'll really back right. in. But there are people in my life that would show up at right. my door and be like, uh, we need, right. like, we need to have a conversation, you know? So totally. I think that there's power in that as well. Well, I'm so excited about your book. I'm so excited to share like a book birthday month with you. Yay. I'm actually about to share yours on my story right now. Cause it looks awesome. I was like just creeping on all your stuff oh. and I'm totally about to share it. Cause it looks awesome. You're so sweet. Well, I am, I mean, obviously I'm going <laughs> to share about yours. Where can people find and follow you on Instagram? So I'm at Johnny Nicole, uh, J O N N I it's pronounced like a boy name, but it's Johnny Nicole. <laughs> on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all that fun stuff. And again, not getting too big for my britches. I have in my uh, bio, I answer all DMs. And of course, like, you, know, you have to, well, you have to be sustainable, right? And so I can't do it in a matter of 48 hours, but I do every single week, carve out two hours a week. And I just sit on my DMs because I also know, I remember what it was like being a 16 year old new Christian and like DMing these people and never receiving a response. Yeah. Like rightfully so, like, you know, people are busy, but I just never want to ever take the platform for granted. So if anybody, if anyone listening wants to message me or just talk to Jesus, I'm so down for that. That would be awesome. And then, yeah, my book is available for pre-order now everywhere. So Target, Walmart, all those fun places. But um, it officially comes out August 4th. So fun. Thank you so much for coming on, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.